Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Would you turn with me to uh, our scripture for today? And uh, it's in John 10, John 10. And uh, we're going to read from John 10, uh, from verse 1 to verse 11. Amen. Uh, as you guys uh, who have been coming faithfully or tuning in faithfully online, uh, you would know that we are, you know, uh, uh, going through, uh, uh, you know, the teachings of Jesus specifically for a season focusing on the things that Jesus declared about himself. And this is so important because I wrote here, when we know who God is, we will know who we are. Amen. And when we know who we are, we will know what to do. And what we do tells others about who we are. Amen? And so the more we know God, uh, the more we know how we ought to live. And, and when we live that way, we tell the whole world who our God is. Amen? And uh, today we want to continue this study on the different I am statements that Jesus declared about himself. So this is not stuff that people talked about Jesus. This is things that Jesus said, I am this. Amen. And so it started all the way in Easter, uh, unofficially, uh, with, uh, you know, I am the resurrection and life. And then we've been going through, you know, I am the light of the world. Uh, I am, you know, the bread of life. I am the vine. And of course, today we want to continue that. So John chapter 10, verse 1 to 11, if you are there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. Praise God. And let's read God's Word together. Amen. There's power when we read God's Word. So John 10, chapter... Uh, sorry, of course it's chapter. John 10, verse 1 to 11. Uh, thank you, XTV, for flashing up screen. Uh, but let's read together. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Everybody underline that statement. I am the door of the sheep. Amen. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. One more underline, verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, praise God, and will go in and out and find pastures. Amen. Uh, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And you have life and life to the full. One last verse, 11. It says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Amen. Praise God. You know, I, I titled today's message, Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Now, it won't make sense initially, but as we progress along the sermon, hopefully it will make more sense. Um, here we want to focus specifically on verse 9, when Jesus says, I am the door. 
You know, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Praise God. And we'll go in and out. This is not the restaurant, okay? I know in America, there's a place called In-N-Out Burger. Uh, so it doesn't mean that when you accept Jesus, you'll go to In-N-Out Burger. It just means that you're, you're coming in and you're going out will be blessed. Amen? And you will find pasture. You will find opportunity. You will find blessing. Amen? You will find God's good provision. Now, before I go into this, I just feel the Lord... Um, sorry, excuse me as I clear my throat. <coughs> Nowadays, you've got to apologize before you cough, you know. So strange, you know, just in case people think that you carry something. Anyway, um, here we go. I'm, I'm the last person to joke about that. Um, <laughs> uh, praise God, I'm healed, okay? So don't, don't worry about that. Thank you, church, for responding with maturity and for praying for me. And so, um, even as I was preparing this message, I, I felt the Holy Spirit show me this beautiful thing, and I didn't know quite where to put it in the sermon, um, but I still believe that it's so important and it's meant to be shared. And so think of this as a bonus point. Um, as I was preparing this message, I sensed that the Lord is saying that there are some people seated here today or could be tuning in online. Uh, you are at a major crossroad of your life and you are seeking the Lord for direction and confirmation, and you are wrestling with yourself with this eternal question, or I won't say eternal, uh, but it's a question that has, you've been wrestling for a very long time, which is that I, I, I don't quite know when uh, God is speaking to me, or I don't quite know how to differentiate when God is speaking, when my heart is speaking, when my flesh is speaking, or when the devil is whispering. And I just, as soon as I was preparing today's message, I felt the Lord say that this is a word for someone out there. Someone you're, you're, you're desiring. Maybe it's not even an important decision, but maybe for you, it's something that you've always wanted a breakthrough in. You've always wanted to, to have a victory in the area of hearing from God or growing in your confidence of hearing from God. And I feel that the Holy Spirit said that, give my people this pointer. I want you to turn to uh, uh, verse 3, all right? Uh, and we're going to read verse 3 and uh, verse 4. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. This is talking about the shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus. And he, Jesus, calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. God will call you by name. If you ever wonder, is this God speaking to me? God will, will confirm it by calling you by name. The enemy, I notice, will never call you by name. It's, it's bizarre. And, and as God gave me this revelation, I went back to Genesis and God says, if you don't believe me, go back to Genesis. And if you go back, this homework, I didn't give the, the XTV this, this scriptures, but you go back in Genesis and you notice that when Eve was tempted, she was never tempted by name. She was tempted by you. 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 Hey, you. But even when mankind, when Adam and Eve fell, guess what God called them? Called them by name. Adam, where are you? And you notice that there's a pattern of God. How did God call Moses from the burning bush? He called him, go back Exodus, Moses, Moses. Well, his name is Moses, of course, not Moses, Moses. But you know what I'm saying? He repeated. 
You know, and you look at how when God called the Apostle Paul when he was still Saul, he called him by name, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So do you see the characteristic of God? That when he calls you, when he means business, he calls you by name. I want us to remember this. Because the next time you hear condemnation, say, you are good for nothing. You are disgusting. You are, are, are you know, just, just horrible. You know, that's not from God. God calls you by name. Even when he rebukes you, he rebukes you by name. You know, don't believe me? Ask Peter. Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh, ouch. But even in the rebuke, you know, Peter is called by name. Even in the rebuke, Adam is called by name. Even in the rebuke, uh, Saul, a.k.a. Apostle Paul, was called by name. And so for some of you here, I don't know who it is for, maybe someone online, but maybe you've been wrestling. I don't know. You know, I've been praying for a decision and I don't know if I should do this. Point number one is this. This is not even my point, but this is bonus sermon, okay? Sermon within the sermon. God will call you by name. And secondly, He will lead you and He will lead the way. It says here that the shepherd will lead the sheep and he will go before them in verse 4. And then the sheep just has to follow. So whatever it is that God is calling you into, God must already be in it. In other words, God will not call you to sin. God will not call you towards an unequally yoked relationship. Oh, that person, oh God, you know, I, that guy's so cute, that girl's so cute, but they, they don't know you, you know. In fact, they, they hate everything about Christianity, about Jesus, but I just feel like there must be a reason why you put that person in my life. Right, God? Right, God? And I tell you, friends, that's, that's never going to be God. God will not call you into something that He's not in. And so, let that be an encouragement. Maybe some of you here, you're praying, God, should I take that job? First of all, is God calling you by name? No, whatever it is that says, take it, sign the paper. Does it call you by name? You know? And, and, and the second thing is this, is God in it? Do you feel the, the purpose of God in that job, in that place? Amen? Sometimes we just run around for green pastures for green pastures' sake because we, we, we follow other people. You know, we follow our friend's Instagram account and we say that, wow, the brunch in Australia is so nice. Therefore, you know, Australia is the perfect country to migrate to. You know, joke, joking, of course. You know, every, every country is beautiful. Uh, and uh, I all... <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> but God is saying that, hey, you know, I will call my people to where I am already at. And they just need to follow. It says that, and his sheep, and if you are the sheep of God, you just need to follow him. Amen? I hope that that has blessed you or helped you know you with some future decision making. Maybe that, you know, the decision making hasn't come yet. Maybe this is prophetic. Maybe there's going to be an important decision coming in two weeks' time. And then when that happens, you know, God will call you. Or maybe it could be even for simpler things. Maybe you're, you're going you know, about your daily life uh, and uh, the Lord is now calling you to, to pray for someone, calling you to be generous towards someone, calling you to, to share the gospel with someone and sometimes we struggle and we go like, no, I don't know, I don't know what to say, I know, it'll be awkward, you know, this is work, we need to be professional and then the Lord is saying that, come on Henry, and I'm just using Henry's name as an example, no? <laughs> come on Sun Tao, you know, uh, just using the worship team to be safe, come on Noel, you know, come on Sam uh, and that's when you go, okay, okay, God, I think I, you, you, got my, you got me, you got me, you know. Uh, amen. Praise God. But what we want to focus on is verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. 
Amen. And, and this is so important for us because many times when we, we are living in a world today that is, you know, um, not only increasingly hostile against following Jesus and the followers of Jesus, uh, but even among our uh, own life, you know, sometimes we, uh, we are tempted to feel like um, you're, you're missing out. Come on, be honest. How many of you have been tempted with the thought you know, the, the, with the emotion, with the feeling that as you are following Jesus, you're missing out from fun. No? No? Am I the only weak person here? You know, as you're following Jesus, you're missing out on other opportunities. As you're following Jesus, you know, uh, uh, you're not living your best life now. But Jesus is saying that, no, you don't understand. I am the door. And, and whoever comes into me, that person will live. You will not die. You will live. And not only that, you, in your coming and going, it is in me that you will have true blessing in your coming and going out. The question is, will we agree with God on His definition of blessing and good? The problem is, many times we have our own definition of what is blessed, what is good, and we crave after those things. But God is saying that, no, stick with me. And so I got three points for you uh, that, that will help us to understand this. When Jesus says that I am the door, and he, he, what He is also saying is that, point number one, He is the access. You know, when you go through a door, you access something where something, someplace, right? All of you went through doors to come into church today. As you go through each door, it brings you closer to your destination and to your destiny. So God is saying that, look, I'm the door and it is in me that you will have access. Access to God. Access to every good thing. You know, it says here in verse 10 that, you know, Jesus came, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Some translation says, have life and life to the full. And Jesus is saying that, you know, this is not just a, a, a nice blessing for us to claim and to have. You know, sometimes we want this. God, give me life and life to the full. But what we, what we really, what we're really saying is this. God, give me life and life to the full, but Lord, also give me freedom to play the full. You also give me freedom to do my own thing. But God is saying that, look, life and life to the full, that kind of blessing, that kind of purpose can only be found in me and through me. It is in me that you access the life and life to the full. It is not a byproduct of your Christian life. So, you know, God doesn't just, you know, bless you for the sake of blessing. You know, blessing and purpose and joy and, and you know, God answering our prayer comes with us walking with Him. And so, not only that, God is saying, I am the access to the Father. And I am the access to the Holy Spirit. And, and, and one one wonderful thing is this, doors not only give us access to the thing, it also gives us access to a particular point of view, right? Because you know what else do we do besides walking through a door? We can also see through doors, right? And, and from outside, just looking through a door, you can see what's happening on the inside. You know, have you ever wondered how God the Father is like? 
And many times, you know, we have this, as Christians, we have this strange walk with God, especially in our, we have a strange relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. We either think God the Father is too strict because all the Old Testament, He's like, I'm a holy God. Take off your sandals, you know, so we think of like, you know, God being very Asian, you're going to take off your shoes before you're entering into His house. And then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, He is so uh, uh, free-flowing that, that we, we don't know what to make of Him. And so what happens is that many times we, we want to walk with God, but we end up walking a life that is neither here nor there. And we, we, we become Christians that are afraid of the Heavenly Father and unsure of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is saying that if you study me, if you walk with me, and if you do the things I do, you will be in perfect union with God the Father and the Holy Spirit because that's exactly who Jesus was and is. You know, the, the perfect, that the Trinity united perfectly with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And so some of us here, we struggle. You know, when unsure, oh, you know, what will God say? How will God react? Jesus says, wonder no more, look at me. When you, when, you, when, when you understand and embrace the fact that Jesus is the door, you will have access not only to the things of God, the blessings of God, but also the perspective of God and the relationships with God. And so th that is point number one. God wants us to know that He is and only He is the access. And this is so powerful because in the scripture, in the whole chapter before this, again, homework, in chapter 9, you have the, uh, the, the account of this blind person who Jesus healed. And when he was healed, uh, they, the, the local council, the local religious leaders uh, kind of like grabbed him and they interrogated him and says that, you know, uh, you know, who healed you? What did this man do to you to cause you to be healed? And the blind man says, I don't know. All I know is that I once was blind, but now I see. And then they interrogated him. Someone said, come on, you got to, you know, this, this man, he's not of God. So you got to reject him. If you don't renounce him, we will kick you out. And they were threatening to excommunicate, threatening to kick him out of the local synagogue, and even threatening to even maybe bar him from worshipping in the temple. And you must understand, before Jesus' work on the cross, the temple in Israel was the only place that the people could worship. And so God is saying that, hey, when you have me, even if other people try to cancel you, even if other people try to push you out, even if other people try to, you know, reject you, don't worry, you will not miss out. And, and he was telling this, this blind person, he says that they might have excommunicated you. They might have kicked you out of uh, the local synagogues. They might have barred you from entering the temple. But if you know me, and if you know me as a true shepherd, if you have me, you have God. If you have me, you have life. Amen? And so I believe that that's something that God wants to remind all of us today, that He is not just here for religion's sake. He is here so that we can have life and life to the full, eternal life starting right now. Amen? So He is the access. Access to the mind of God. Access to the heart of God. Access to the things of God. Access to God. Because that's what doors give you. They give you access. Point number two is this. He is the authority. He is the authority. You know, in ancient times, um, the major gates 
of cities, right? Uh, now we all live in cities and, and most of our cities are not gated. Uh, but in olden times, you know, uh, it's all gated and I uh, know for safety purposes, uh, but the major gates and the major doors uh, of cities was also where the local officials, the local, you know, in, in, in some, some places, the local mayor, uh, the local leaders, but basically the, the, the people in authority, they meet there. So, so the olden times, that's why if you uh, go to the British Museum, you'll see that, wow, in, in Babylonian times, all these old ancient architecture, they spend a lot of resources on building big doors. And the entrances look really epic. was because at the doors and at the gates of cities and, 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 and ancient civilizations uh, usually would also be the elective representatives. The, uh, and, and kings sometimes would even be there. Local leaders would be there because they were there to, to basically make deals. You know? So people would travel from other countries and say, that, hey, we, we come from a land far, far away and uh, we come with uh, pottery to sell. Uh, and then that's where they will work out trade deals and go like, okay, before you come in, you're going to pay taxes. Before you come in, how much are you going to sell this for? You know, are you here? Are you, are you sneaking in spies? And that's where they do all the inspection. That's where they, they made all the trade deals. And so doors also represent places of authority. But not only that, Jesus is saying that I am uh, the door and I am the one that opens and closes doors. Let's go back to the scripture that we read earlier on. To him, the doorkeeper opens. Verse 3. Isn't that powerful? To him, to who? To Jesus. To Jesus, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Jesus is saying that not only am I the door, but I am the door that can open doors. And so maybe some of us here, we are thinking, ah, oh, no, I, I, you know, I, I need some doors open in my life. You know, maybe for my career, maybe for my own future, maybe finances, maybe different things. So, so the world will tell us, oh, you, you got to work on your CV. Uh, you got you to gotta invest in networking. You know, you got to invest in a good suit, go to the gym, get a nice haircut. You know, all, and don't get me wrong, all these things are, are important, right? If you're going to go for an interview, get a haircut, comb your hair, guys. You know? <laughs> uh, even if it's online, you know, make sure at least you dress well on the upper half. Uh, and whatever you do, don't stand up. Uh, but if you go for physical meeting, dress well, amen? Invest in, in, in good CV, you know, spell check. All those things are important. But Jesus is saying that as important as those things are, uh, only I can open doors for you. And so what we need to understand is this, when Jesus says, I am the door, means that in, I am the one that opens the door because I'm the door. I'm the one that can unlock doors for you. I'm the one that when I speak, the doorkeeper opens. And what we need to understand is this, that, that God is the authority. He is the one. He is the one that can open doors for us. He is the one that can, you know, open areas that were previously shut in our lives. Uh, it is not more networking that you need. It is not more self-help that you need. It is more of Jesus. Amen? You know, the, the key towards your next promotion is not you, um, you know, playing golf with your boss, if, if that's still something that people do, or, or doing anything, going out drinks with your boss or whatever it is to, to curry favour, but it's, it's in focusing uh, your life and, your, and, and pursuing God above all else. When you pursue Christ above all else, this is the promise 
of God. You know, you don't have to worry about missing out. Pursue me. I am the door that opens other doors. I'm the door, the place of authority in your life. When you chase after me, I'm the one that can, you know, uh, uh, bring you into areas that by your own strength, you cannot have access. Point number three is this. He is the answer. He is the answer. The door, Jesus says, anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He is the answer. He is the solution. And the thing is this, that Jesus is not just a answer. Jesus is not just a good idea. Christianity is not just a religious option. Jesus is the answer. And do you know why he is the answer? It's not only because of his teachings. And don't get me wrong, there's so much wisdom and majesty and, and just brilliance in the teachings of Jesus. Just think about it for a while, right? We have come such a long way since the Bronze Age. I think recently I studied, cat. Uh, where's the Bronze Age? The 1400s, 50s? I'm not sure. Could be wrong. Anyway, uh, we just know that the Industrial Revolution, uh, Industrials, anyway. Uh, um, anyway, we have come a long way since the Industrial Age. We've come a long way since the Bronze Age, right? Uh, uh, we have things now in our hands that at one time would look like sorcery to ancient civilizations. What is that little square box you have in your hand? It's called a phone. Why does it speak? Oh, because I command it to. Siri, <laughs> you know, Google, whatever it is. And we've come a long way. Technology's come a long way. Streaming's come a long way. Uh, uh, cars have come a long way. Internet has come a long way. Uh, we've got all these things, but the teachings of Jesus have never been perfected since Jesus. Until today, everyone can agree, do unto others as you want it done unto you. Do you know what that really is? That is a modification of Jesus' teaching, love your neighbour as you love yourself. Until today, nobody, no self-help guru, no philosopher, no other religious teacher can top Jesus' teaching of love your enemy. No one else can top Jesus' almost very Zen-like wisdom of don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about itself. And then you begin to go like, wow, that's so deep. You know, wow, true. Worry is the true renewable energy. <laughs> Think about it. If we can find a way to harness the power of worry, we'll all be driving cars forever, right? It's just powered by worry. It just keeps powering itself until kingdom come. You know, only when Jesus comes back, no more worry. Then all the cars stop working. Oh, Jesus is back. <laughs> you see, we... <laughs> Jesus' teaching on worry, Jesus' teaching on finances, Jesus' teaching on, on, on interpersonal skills have not been topped. And, and that's, even as amazing as that is, that's still not the reason why He is the answer. Do you know why He is the answer? It's because He lived it. It's one thing to be spouting wisdom. Aristotle said a lot of things, Plato said a lot of things, but I don't think they live it all out. But Jesus was the only one who lived it out. That's why scripture says that in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I don't just preach a good game. I lay down my life for the sheep. And that's why he's the answer. That's why we can trust him. And when Jesus was saying this, he was invoking this 
very powerful image that it's lost to us today, but, but, but I have a picture here. Now, this is an artist's recreation of an ancient sheep pen, you know, where they would keep sheep. And so sometimes the, the, the shepherd will be bringing the sheep to graze around the wilderness. And, and at night, they will camp around a, a very simple kind of like purpose-built sheep pen that was almost like for public use. If you happen to be in the area, you can camp around there. And then when you're done, you move on. The next day, another sh shepherd and his crew comes and then they camp around there. And then what happens is this. It's, it's, a, it's a short wall enough so that the sheep don't, don't jump out, don't panic. And what the shepherd will do is that he would sleep at the very entrance. And this was the image that Jesus was saying that I am that good shepherd. You see, this image was lost to the Pharisees because they, they were living in the city for far too long. And, but, but the people, uh, the followers of Jesus who, who were shepherds, who had agricultural background, they totally got it. And they go like, wow, you, you mean that God loves us? You love us? Like how we would guard our sheep and then of course you go on to read jesus says that you know the you know the, the hired hands will run away at the sight of the wolf but but the true shepherd will remain and lay down his life for his flock and jesus is saying that you can trust me i am not just a answer but the answer because it's not just good teaching that I'm spouting out it's not just you know quippy quotes that are coming out the fact that I live this and I will die for you so that you can have every single one of this promise do you know why we can we can actually live out love your enemy because Jesus did it do you know why we can believe in the resurrection life because Jesus did it and do you know why we, 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 you know, because Jesus, whatever it is, because Jesus, because He is the answer, because He laid down His life, friends. Imagine that. You know, when I saw this picture, I, 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 I as I was preparing the message, I wept. I spent a good minute just crying in the presence of God because I'm, until I saw that I never saw Jesus in that way. I saw Jesus on the cross, but I've never saw Jesus as the one that intentionally chose the uncomfortable sleeping position for the sake of his sheep. I would never sleep at the door for my dog. As much as I, you know what I'm saying? I won't. I won't, I won't be like, dog, have the bed. <laughs> Me, I'm going to sleep at the door to block it just in case, you know. You know uh, the, the stray cats try to come in and help them. Never. Never. And Jesus did it for us. And, and Jesus is the answer because Jesus, Jesus is saying that you can rest because I'm at the door. You can rest because I am the door. You can sleep because I am the door. You can dream and have your dreams because I am the door. The reason why I titled today's message Gatekeeper is that many times we forget. We read this passage and we go like, yeah, 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 God's a good shepherd. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But we forget that actually Jesus is the access. Jesus is the authority and Jesus is the answer.
if Jesus is the access, the authority, and the answer, are we doing all that we can so that nothing else ever replaces Him as the access, the authority, and the answer of our lives? That's the gatekeeper question I want to pose to us today. See, the truth is this. After a while, we start thinking, no, I, I know how to access my own blessing. No, 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 I think I know the answer to this solution. I don't think I need to pray about it. No, 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 I think I know uh, uh, the, the, the right authority, you know, uh, and most of the time it's us. We crown ourselves as the final authority. And God is saying to us today, hey, the fact that I am the shepherd is not just a Sunday school lesson. Because He is the door, we have access to the Father. So how dare we allow anything else to be the access of our lives? How could we think that we, out of our own strength and connection and wisdom, could create and access our own open doors? Jesus needs to be not just a authority in your life, He needs to be the authority. Has Jesus been the authority in your life this week? <laughs> or have you been? in your serving, in your giving, in your leading, in your blessing of other people, has Jesus been the authority? Or has your comfort been? Ouch. See, many times we are ruled by our own comfort and our own preferences. But Jesus says that, no, you, you can't even have comfort and preferences if not for the fact that I am in your life. So how could we, friends, so, when I mean gatekeeper, what I mean is this, that we got to learn to go like, God, there are some things that I need to start rejecting. There are some things that I need to guard in my life so that it never comes between my relationship with you. Is Jesus the answer or is Jesus a answer? Your prayer life would never be the same again if you understood that Jesus is the answer. But the truth is this, many times we live a life that portrays Jesus as a answer. That's why we will say things. I'm just using this as an example. We'll say things like, oh, I don't know, I'm thinking about it, I'm praying about it, uh, you know, I'm doing my own research. You know, it feels like prayer, going to God, is like one option among five others that you are trying. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do your own research. I'm not saying that you shouldn't open your own eyes and use what God has given you, your brains and your, you know, your connections, your talents. But God must come first. That's what it means to be a gatekeeper. It's not to say that you, you, you know what needs to come in first. And when the shepherd speaks, you open the door for him. Amen. And when, when we recognize His voice, we walk out following after Him. And so I know today's message can sound simple, but I really believe that this is God's word for us. He wants us 
come back to that place again of really, you know, I, I believe that maybe if we need to repent, we need to repent. But God, He really needs to be the authority. He really needs to be the answer behind everything that we do. And He really needs to be the point of reference, the access point, the door towards our understanding of Scripture, towards our understanding of, of God's personality and God's purposes and even the leading of the Holy Spirit. But whatever we do, we cannot ignore Him. Because if we are sheep called by His name, then we ought to recognize the Master's voice. Amen? And so I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us from today to start taking this seriously. Amen? To start going like, God, help me to come back to that place again of following you wholeheartedly because He deserves it. Like I said, the reason why we we, we drop to our knees and we worship God is because He lived it. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you that you call us by name. God, I thank you that you know us by name. So God, we also know that many times we have shortchanged your name. We have shortchanged ourselves as your followers. And God, would you bring us back to that place again? Lord, that you are, you are the door. Without you, there is no opening for us. You are the door. I sense that this is a word for someone here. Some of us here, maybe you're still nursing a disappointment, a past disappointment. Maybe you were praying for something and you felt like you know, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. It could be a healing. It could be an opportunity. And you're trying to be faithful, but you are nursing a wound. A self-proclaimed wound of distrust towards God. God, how could you? Sometimes we cry in our most desperate situations. But another thing that we've got to understand about doors is that it not only opens for us, but when it closes, it's not just to slam rejection in our face. A door also closes to protect us from things that are not supposed to come in. And so for some of you here, you're nursing a wound of, of a previous closed door you were praying very hard fasting and you thought that the opportunity was there and the door closed and you felt so hurt you felt so disappointed maybe it stopped you from hoping again it stopped you from trusting again in God because you felt like it's hard to trust someone that feels like he will slam the door in your face but friends that, that's the wrong way of looking at it when a door closes it's also to protect you 
is not to disappoint you. It's not to hurt you. It's not to snub you in the nose. It's to protect you. And friends, if God, if you could hear God, I says God says, if you only knew, if you only knew how much trouble, how much, how f- much further you would have drifted away from Him if you had gone through the wrong door. And so sometimes God, out of His goodness, because He's the door, He's the one that can order the doorkeeper to open or shut. And sometimes it feels like, oh, the interview was perfect and somehow that opportunity just was taken away from you. And God is saying, it wasn't taken away from you. I was protecting you. I was protecting you. I'm going to say that one more time because somebody here needs to hear it or somebody online needs to hear it. That closed door that you experience, that you're still nursing a wound from, it was for your own protection. Because God knows us better than we know ourselves. Sometimes we think that we can handle it. I can handle that relationship. I can handle that money. And God said that, no, you're not ready yet. So rather than you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, God will close that door so that your life can be preserved. Would you just receive that? Amen. I want us to just spend this time worshipping God because I really believe that this is what God wants. And I know the worship team didn't prepare for this, but if you could, you know, why don't we sing that song, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. And I just sense that God wants us to come back to that place again. Because maybe in the last one and a half years, God has not been the final authority. Fear has been. And you've been sitting under fear too long. And the whole world is going on and on and on about fear and death and fear and death. And and we've come out changed. No longer hopeful and now just pessimistic. No longer defined by or inspired by the good news. Nowadays, our days are inspired by the news. And if the news is good, we feel like we can go out. If the news is bad, we feel like the world is ending. But God is saying that, no, fear cannot be the authority in your life. He is the authority. He is the door. When you make Jesus the door, He will make sure only the right things come in. For some of you, you tried so hard to try to access, to try to pry open your own doors. But remember again that He is the access. Study Jesus and you will gain the wisdom for life. Study Jesus and you will pass any exam of life. Study Jesus. He is the access. He is the door. He is the way to the Father. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.